Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you lots of discussion, comments and opinion on everything research and education. We'll be talking professional learning, what's happening in the education world and everything in between to help you make a difference in your school. Hello Jane. Hello Finn. Slightly deviating today from our normal podcast. We are. Programme, should we say. We're doing some slightly formats, that's the word I'm looking for. Yes, we are doing something slightly different because we are doing, we we brought a podcast from the vaults with us today that we're going to look at today again because we felt it was pertinent to what's going on in the wider world. It's a podcast within a podcast. It is, let's get really meta. So we're, we're going to, today we're going to look at teacher and head teacher and leader well-being again. And, and, and I think it's, the time is right for us to go back and look at this, particularly as we're recording this. It was it was the first day, day one of, of strikes. strikes. Yes, this yes. Well, it's yesterday, yesterday on the day they, of recording, but it would have yeah. been by the time this comes out, it would have been a week ago. So we felt it was really important that we did revisit this because I know there's been I know we've been in a couple of schools as well this week where there's been lots of disruption, but also from the discussion where there's you know it is causing a little bit of an issue between the staff as well isn't it it's you know support staff that are in unison or the other unions teaching staff who are in you know one of many unions yeah Yeah. leadership in different unions and you know it is a difficult situation i think we've all been in there with you know i've been involved in in strike action myself in the past and and thinking about how that hands out within the workforce as well it's, it's quite a difficult and a you know a difficult conversation to have sometimes it is it is and I think that you know just just we'll, we'll talk about what we've been up to in a, in a second but just to talk about um strikes and how um you manage that there's an awful there's a, a quite a bit of narrative about you know the disruption and how difficult it is for pupils and um, you know what people are going to be doing as a result and how we want to minimize the disruption this is yeah. you know, the minister jeremy miles was talking about minimizing disruption by potentially providing online learning and things like that but you know that is the point of yeah. strikes is yeah. to be disruptive yeah. because it's an absolute yeah. last resort and i think that's where we are isn't it i've got to say that as, as a profession i love i love the teaching profession so much because we were looking at the plat- some of the oh, placards no. that were up in London. Yeah. In the with the first day. Oh, and it, it's just that sense of humour still is there, yes. isn't it? And yes. it's just it just makes you think teaching is a wonderful it, it is a wonderful profession. profession. It is a wonderful profession. But I think um the what's interesting is you listen to the podcast today, um, that there are a lot of things that we were talking about back in June. Um, that still haven't been fixed yeah. you know and this the the podcast that you're here today was recorded more than eight months ago mm. so I, I think that's why we wanted to bring it to the fore because the kinds of things that we were saying eight months ago and you obviously you'll hear them in a minute um they still haven't no. been fixed so just before we do that what have we been doing this week well by the time this podcast out we would have been back to Cumbrumney we to will work with the um curriculum leads yeah, and I think we're um, we're seeing a shift in our work because we're doing much more guided practice with with teachers. We're doing much mm-hmm. more hands on practice the um, actions that you on the tasks that you need 
for things like curriculum design for assessment and progression and those kinds of things rather than just talking about the theory we are actually getting in there getting hands dirty and getting some guided practice going on we are um back in the office i'm still plowing through my assessment i've got multiple assessment contracts going on at the moment and i'm plowing my way through those deadlines are beginning to loom so hopefully those will be finished fairly soon and finn what have you been doing well today uh, bruce robertson and i signed off the um the book power up your pedagogy the illustrated handbook of teaching and it's gone to press yeah which is quite a relief actually because it's been really stressful over the last couple of weeks i mean i think i'm you know between the three myself bruce and the uh, editor between the three of us we've been having you know sort of 20 30 emails daily back and forth about various things to do with this this final stage and bruce and i were talking yesterday and he said that it's quite true that unless you've done the whole book process you don't realize how incredibly stressful it is it is a lot of work on top of everything well else. it's, but it's yeah, 12 months of your time isn't it That's it is yeah. yeah a little bit more than 12 months and i think that um it is going to be fantastic to see it in hard copy in in our hands and uh yeah so that that's yeah. we've, and we, we've also today we've been planning our launch party yes which is really exciting so you might already have had an invite if you have come along and we'd say love, hi we'd love to see yeah. you yeah if you haven't have a look on twitter and you're all invited yes indeed so um going back to the the topic of conversation today the um teacher well-being um i think we are all still struggling mm. you know we were saying this back in june but we're still struggling january february it's not a good time for anybody um you know but i think what's interesting and i, I think we can both say this as well that the the issues that were um, issues in our lives, our personal lives back in June are still issues now. And we're sure many, many teachers, head teachers, people working in schools are in a similar situation that, you know, things don't get fixed quickly. We, but we've got a policy landscape in education that really is talking about teacher well-being and has been for a long time and says it cares. But we've got a lot of actions in that policy landscape that don't, where are we don't yeah. don't fulfill that i, I don't think statement. teacher well-being is any better no no in fact i would i would I'd go far it's as it's, it's worse because i mean just just for this podcast i actually went down a list of things that i know have added to teachers um woes shall we say you know has made the situation mm. worse i mean the first one the national professional learning entitlement I think the, the word entitlement was used very, very specifically. It's actually not an entitlement really at all. It's not like you can hold up your hand and say, I'm entitled to this. Really what it is, is a, an expectation and a, a, a reorganising of where you can access stuff. It, it, entitlement is very much spin mm -hmm. as opposed to reality. Mm -hmm. um, We've also got, and well, I think this is probably the worst of them. This, this, this is the one that, that is closest to my heart, really, as well. It's this this re very recent announcement of the performance measures and the CAP9 uh, in, in secondary, but also that the first entry only yeah. making the difference after mm -hmm. schools have gone ahead and they've entered pupils in November. And I know I've had, as a go in my governor role, mm -hmm. lots of conversations over the last week about where, you know, where this is taking the school and what you know what implications this has mm. but also the the worry that teachers have and departments have and the department heads have mm. over their choices back in november and what implications that might have for the school 
in the long term. Do you know, and that's the thing, because I know we talked to uh, talked about the whole process. And I think that's the, the most upsetting mm. thing, that there are individuals out there, individual mm. teachers who've made a decision in a context where they mm. felt they were making the best decision. That context then changes because the mm. minister decides to make an announcement after that's mm. happened. And the context is entirely different then. And that individual yeah. is then faced with a, a whole different situation where and and as teachers do they took personal ownership of that and it's it's really toxic but it's also the implications for future year future cohorts and future year groups mm. going into next year what yeah. difference will that make well the bottom line, if the are. bottom line is supporting pupils mm. first entry only does yeah. not support pupils no um, and if it doesn't support pupils, teachers are then working harder. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking well-being more generally, pupil and teacher well-being, that absolutely didn't help anybody. And then we've got the whole Estin landscape, where recently we did a podcast on, on Estin talking about the variability and the varied nature of the mm-hmm. um, recommendations. And it was really interesting. There was a, a a piece of research that came out in England talking about lead inspectors in the Ofsted inspection process and how it was more um the the actual rating that the school got was more determined by the gender of the um inspector than it was the The standard and and basically what the what the kind of upshot of this research was that where this is a inspection especially for primary schools in wales at the moment because it is the only form of accountability where inspection is really high stakes because people do lose jobs over mm. a, a bad inspection report, it needs to be as reliable and consistent and valid a method of assessment as absolutely possible. And it is obvious that um, it's a com- very similar situation in Wales um, to England that it, it's not it's reliable. Very subjective, it's very yeah. subjective. And the pressure that that places on not just the head teacher because they don't really know how they're going to be judged but also their staff because obviously the staff mm-hmm. want to support the school to do be well and be the best they can be yeah so it's it's really really tough and then we've got and i just wanted to say this that all of the professional learning that's publicly funded in wales is provided generally speaking is provided by consortia and we recently noticed that all the consortia staff have been fully accredited um and i'm not sure what the accreditation process actually consisted of but certainly it seemed to happen very very quickly yeah. i don't know if it's all consortia staff no right across wales or the red it's just pockets within certain yeah. regions but i, I, I did know. notice that um obviously you know there is freely available um professional learning from consortia available online that you can go and have a look at. And obviously we're interested to know uh, the messages that other yeah. people are sending in the same way that I'm sure people are interested in the messages that we're sending. You know, it's, it's, it should be share and share alike, which is absolutely what well, we are supporting each other, isn't it? Yeah. But there's a continuation of reading slides. Sure. Bugbearers. Oh, uh, it just, yeah. because do you know what's, what's really interesting actually, because I saw something yesterday, not only was the person um sharing the professional learning reading their slides they were also reading a script Mm. and when you read a script you know i'm sure english teachers out there will know exactly what i mean when i say this the difference between a year nine pupil reading Mm. shakespeare and a a shakespearean actor 
reading Shakespeare is immense. When you read something and you read it with feeling and understanding, as opposed to when you're just reading the words, and it did, the, the person who was delivering was just reading the words, was actually, when you looked at the slides, the slides were really um, busy as mm. well. And then there was a person reading a script, which actually was quite difficult to understand because they were just reading it as opposed to making sense mm. of it. And the, the pressure that that places on uh, teachers and leaders in school, because that if that's their only source of professional learning and they still have to get all these things fixed, it just all snowballs. So I, I just wanted, I just wanted to mention something else as well. We saw something on Facebook where somebody had been told that they needed to move away from a it was I think was it maths or music or something like that. They were they were using a um a format for it something it was it was it was one of the it was either one of the arts or it was to do Expressive with was it rve 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 and they were they were using a commercial package for rve and they'd been told that they had to move away from that but they weren't given any um <laughs> support to find support to find what they should be so they'd gone on facebook and say help what do i do i mean you know i think it's it's not it's not a bad thing to be told you need to move away from that but to be told you need to move away from that and we're not going to yeah. give you any support to yeah. be able to do that so that you feel like you have to go on Facebook. I mean, that just says it all. So the bottom line here, though, is, you know, we've got teachers, head teachers, support staff working in schools who've had a real terms pay cut and the cost of living has gone up. I mean, mm. you know, it's no wonder that people are on a strike and we absolutely support teachers and support staff and head teachers with their strike yeah. action because it's just not good enough it's not and this additional worry where you know the, the funding and the pay the current pay round is being funded through current budgets oh deep songs it's, it's just what do you do so have a listen to our discussion from just a little bit more than eight months ago where we were talking about similar issues back then mm. and uh, and see what you think what we want to explore today is why we feel this idea of well-being is so crucial at the moment because of what we've all been through this collective trauma that this is not something that can be just dealt with in a couple of policy items and then moved on this is going to be with us probably for decades. It, it's something that is of, you know, enormous importance but I think for it's one of, learning. I think it's one of those words, though, that, that's bandied around, or, you know, well-being. Yeah. It's such an umbrella term mm. for what goes on underneath. And mm. I think, oh, we're doing this to address well-being. We're mm. doing that to address well-being. But, you know, how much are we actually looking at the root Yes. Of everything that's going on and how much are we addressing that and prioritizing? Right. That's really what we would so talk about. I, I think we've we've all struggled. We've all struggled, not yeah. just with managing the impact of COVID. Uh, I mean, we have struggled in terms of um managing the impact of COVID on our business. You know, looking back to March 2020, I know I've said this before, but there was a point and there have been multiple points when we genuinely genuinely thought that we weren't going to have a business yeah, to go back to oh gosh yes yeah. but you know there's there's life issues as well you know we've both had anybody our long-term listeners to the podcast will recognize that you know we've had stuff going on in our private lives as well which has been really really difficult and if if it if that's happening to us and we're not actually you know 
teaching leading in schools then it's bound to be happening to other people as well and I think the focus for us is we we care we care about you our listeners we also care about the children in schools we care about the future and we feel that this is just so important that it can't be something that we just deal with in one podcast and move on this is this is something that we want to come back to again over these this half term for a start probably something that we're going to come back to over the years but is gosh are we going to be doing this for years but but we've also lined up a couple of really interesting people to speak to on further podcasts coming out this term and I know we've got a really good one coming out next week yes that we've already recorded yes and I think just to have this focus and this theme but look at looking at well-being for us as a profession from mm. a different perspective yeah I think it's been really useful for us yes to understand that there's that there's more going on absolutely absolutely and I think the the realities of working in a school just at the moment and specifically in Wales as well Working in a school in Wales as a teacher or a head teacher, you know, we've got an additional layer on top of everything Everything else, else. which is the curriculum reform. There's this idea, though, at the moment that certainly during COVID, let's let's take it back to during COVID, that the expectation was most definitely in the first few weeks and months was that teachers and head teachers were going above and beyond. They were, um, you were, our listeners, working very long hours coming in yeah. when your own children were you know putting yourself in in danger's way in order to do your job you know it was a front line yeah. it was a front line profession like never before yeah. and the idea that the work was never done that that you were but the teachers were putting their own needs last yeah. there's very I've heard lots of comments from colleagues and from teachers and listeners mm-hmm. about that they've put the needs of the children they teach above the needs of their children at home and I think and it's recognizing that and you know it does have a profound effect on you it does absolutely and if you know if you're one of those teachers who is going into a situation where you know that there you know COVID is an issue and that you've got colleagues who have been off with COVID or being seriously ill with COVID or family members who may have you know contracted COVID and really suffered with it or god forbid even died with it it's it has been a it has changed the role of the profession uh, in that i don't think ever before teachers were considered frontline staff no that that's a new concept and i think that like you say that is a profound change and you know, is is education generally a safe place for teachers certainly during covid it wasn't a safe place for teachers in the same way that the world wasn't a safe place but teachers were going above and beyond working harder and faster and in new ways and finding it very difficult to say no i'm not going to put myself in that position yeah because of the professional yeah um way that we are certainly during covid the kind of the the i don't know the trend was that teachers weren't saying no yeah. because they didn't feel they, they could no in the same way that the nhs wasn't saying no yeah. and that that was happening during covid but i think that that feeling has actually hung over to now yeah. is that there is this, this expectation of and we've heard the minister say it yeah that you've, you've stepped up you've stepped up you've shown what you can do during a, a global emergency so why can't you do that more yeah. often it's very difficult once you've said yes to suddenly backtrack then and say 
no, I'm not going to yeah. do that anymore. And I think we need to recognize that, that there is a, a difference between being in the midst of a global pandemic and needing to do as much as you can to keep learning going to the aftermath of that global pandemic and being very low on emotional and physical and psychological resources yourself and and needing to say no at that point in order to safeguard your own well-being there there has to come a point where you have to put your own needs first in order to address the needs of because I, I'm, I'm sure we've all been there as teachers standing in front of the class feeling under the weather for whatever reason, whether that's an emotional reason or whether yeah. it's a, a physical reason, knowing that literally all you're doing is standing, you're being a body in front of that yeah. class because you just haven't got the capacity to yeah. do anything more than that. Yeah. That's not what we want. For no, you don't, you know, you see you when you no, like that. No. Genuinely. So there's, there's a, I think a, a tiredness in the profession that is, above and beyond yeah. what's ever been there before. Yeah. I've noticed in the press, there's been a lot of um, reports about um, how the tiredness in the NHS is actually causing problems for care. Yeah. That, that you've got, um, you know, that, that doctors aren't safe because they're so tired or that, that nursing, the caring, there's a, this compassion, um, what's they call it? Fatigue, compassion yeah. fatigue. And I think that there's often a lack of understanding or a lack of recognition that, uh, what happens in schools is preparing the next generation mm. for the future. Mm. And if there is a similar, and we expect there is a similar compassion fatigue and emotional tiredness and an inability to, uh, well, not an inability, there's a, a lack of capacity. But it's but it's not even in particular age groups or no. responsibilities within the school. It seems to be right through the yeah. profession from early career teachers right, right. through to those who've been the stalwarts of the school who've been there and for years head and teachers, head teachers particularly yeah. Yeah. and I think that that just as um, COVID-19 um, impacted on learners in, uh, inequitably um, on an unequal way it also impacted on different yeah. different people within the system in a, in yeah, a different yeah. way yeah. no head teachers the the pressure of being at the top and having to make decisions and do the things that maybe other people couldn't do or or weren't in a position to do or to cut you know to carry the slack or just just to be the the person where the buck stops that is a really really difficult thing and I think that 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 um trope that's out there you know this business as usual we're not saying business as usual now but we are still carrying on with that trope I think that's really really problematic yeah. for for head teachers we're in a completely different place yeah we are we are and i know that the the some of the pressures for head teachers are that they need to always be improving they need to you know they've got this burden of practical tasks that only they can do or that they need to delegate and that still takes time it's a highly intense hot environment where things just happen i mean the number of meetings that we've had and say oh i'm sorry i'm 10 minutes late you know stuff happened it's it is really really hard the the danger as well we've got these six weeks here in wales left to get to the end of term Mm. i know as a profession people will hang on yes until end of term yeah and then you know is that masking really what's going on underneath you know you can't just mask and and carry on when 
yeah. you know, things are beginning to crumble and well-being has to be at the, the forefront. So so what we wanted to do today, I and mean, that, that is just a preamble. I know. We're, a <laughs> we're, we're not having a wind. No, we're not. We're, we're, we're trying to make sense of... We're, we're carrying out an analysis, an analysis mm. of what's going on in Wales, particularly, but we're sure this is also reflected in other countries. We're carrying out an analysis of the intentions of government to address um, the well-being crisis amongst head teachers, particularly. But I think this this is um, indicative of an approach that's yeah. taking place across government. And I think that bear with us on this, bear with us, because we're, we're going to look at one piece of research in particular that we think uh, reflects the way in which Welsh government is uh, approaching problem solving. So problem solving, particularly uh, for policy. So they're, they're saying, right, okay, Welsh government, we, we, we've got a problem here. So we, we know that there's a problem with retention and recruitment of um, head teachers, but we also know that there's a problem with well-being. So we're going to look at Welsh government's approach to this, Welsh government's procedure as a kind of indicative of a trend that we're seeing more and more within Welsh government to this kind of creating policy to solve yeah. problems and, and explore a little bit as well what their what their thinking is in what the solutions are okay so so we've got we we've kind of setting the scene here we've got welsh government who've set out a national strategy for educational research and inquiry so the nsere and they've said that they want there to be a much closer link between research research capacity in wales and mm policy so we we got welsh government quite clearly stating they want educational research to influence policy and the kind of the inference from that is that they want they want policy based on the best evidence mm. they want the best bets identified by research as helping them make decisions about policy so doing in quote unquote the right thing which is the, which is great yeah. absolutely fantastic um, and just as a kind of uh, introduction to this, we had the school day extension. Yeah, that, was, that was back in the start of spring term, wasn't it? Yeah. OK, so the original focus for the, the extension of the school day and the, the uh, change of the school year was on raising standards for the disadvantaged. That was that was a, a key yeah. element of it. And they wanted to do that in line with the research. So what the research tells you on extending the school day is that uh, from research around the world, and obviously the, the, what the research says is, you know, these are within context. I think we've done a podcast on this as well. We think. have. So, yeah, if you want to have a look and go back and have a look at that one, that, that would work. But it, it basically says that if it's the usual teachers uh, extending the curriculum in those extensions of the school day, so doing more of the quality stuff that goes on during the day, then you're going to raise standards. If you're doing things like enrichment, it doesn't tend to have much of an impact it's on a different things. It? it is a different thing. Absolutely. And what's really interesting is originally this extension of the school day was very much billed as enrichment activities plus normal learning carrying on. But it's now being talked about. There was a, a written statement out on the 27th of May, the 26th of May, I think it was. Um, Conveniently just before half term. Just before half term. Yeah. And it's now talking about the additional enrichment activities trial 
So it's now been built as yeah. a slightly different thing. So the learning aspect is gone. Sort of gone. Not sort of gone. Not sort of gone. Well, it's, gone. it's not mentioned. It's it? gone. It's not mentioned at all. So whilst that was actually um, based on research, it seems to be the, the extension of the school day is that there was a body of research about how the extension of the school day could make a difference. They have chosen not to focus on that part of the research in the actual trial. So, you know, research informing policy at that point is not really, that's not really happening, no, is, not, it? is it? So research never just provides any answers. It's always ever a raising questions or exploring avenues to enable, you know, people working on the ground to actually do something with it. But, you know, is the research that's being commissioned by Welsh Government and by Welsh Government funded bodies, is it actually asking the right questions? Good question. You know, would would it not have been better if they intended to do an enrichment activities yeah. trial to actually commission some research yeah. about, I mean, I know that the trial was the research itself as well. Well, this is a bit of a trend, isn't it? Because you go back to the debacle of the first set of GCSEs during COVID 2022 mm. and they did the research mm. following that I'm sure they weren't asking the right questions in that either no no so it seems to be a bit of a yeah you know let's make sure we're asking the right yeah. questions what do we really want to find out yes not let's have this broad brush strokes and think about what well what really it, it makes you wonder then why are they not asking the right questions? Yeah. Is it that they don't know which questions to ask? They don't know what the, yeah. ri the right questions, questions are. are. And therefore there is a, and I'm going to say this. Something. Yeah. So is there a competence issue within the Welsh Government Education Department, i.e. they don't know what to ask? Or is it that they are quite clear that they know what the right question is, but they're choosing not to? Or are they being encouraged by researchers to actually look at something that but they've been told well no 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 this is this is the question that yeah. you really need to ask you know there's something going wrong in that process between knowing there's a problem and research being commissioned in order to answer the, the right research the right research so in, in the kind of um I'm just putting my hot water bottle on. I know, it's sad. It's, it's June so and you put a hot water bottle on. I've, I've just got to say, though, today that you, you have picked this apart in your usual way. And I'm just sitting here because I am in exam mode <laughs> with a very glazed look on my face today. Yes. But, you know, well-being, we're <laughs> completely yes. different places. Well, it has to be said that going and watching The Strong Man, it did make me feel uh, a little bit yeah. better, but I was so cold <laughs> all weekend. Anyway, that's completely by the by. So... There is a focus on well-being in Welsh government, and there have been some commission. There has been some commission yeah. research about well-being. But before we look at that research and kind of pull it apart, we wanted to just look at what's available out there currently, support resources for well-being in schools. I mean, it is a positive that they have actually recognised oh, yes. that well-being needs to be yes. looked at, isn't it? Yes, I think absolutely. you know it's not us again coming here having a whinge, no. And pulling things apart but I think it's it's been able to see through yeah what is there and I know if you listen to our podcast previously where we were talking about sifting through yeah what was actually out there yeah because again there's so much out there how do we know yeah what is the right thing basically we're the shit filter aren't yeah, we? yeah we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so so we're we're doing this with absolutely the best intentions in at heart, saying, you know, this is our government for our country, for our children, for our teachers, for our head head teachers, for us. We yeah, we want to challenge them to be the best they possibly can. So we want to share the information with them that we think will make the difference and, and be able to make a difference to the learners, but also yeah. the, the people working in education. So looking at the, the well-being resources that are currently out there, and there are a lot, and they are easy to find. And all you've got to do is, you know, supporting staff well-being, mentally healthy schools. There's there's some really good sets of resources and clear guidance and you know steps and there's the education support network which you know has got a helpline yeah. i've actually used it myself a, a long time ago now but uh, i was dealing with staffing uh, issues in a school that i worked in and it was helpful. a real problem and it yeah. was incredibly um, helpful but what's also interesting in all of the resources and we have been and looked through a lot of them is that they all focus on staff and i know that this has been an issue that head teachers have raised is that they're the ones providing the well-being as opposed yeah. to being the ones oh, they're good. being supported. Yeah. There was a paper that was commissioned by the National um, Association of Educational Leadership by Dr. Ali James, titled More Than a Sticking Plaster, Understanding the Demands and Identifying the Resources to Create Sustainable Senior Leadership in Welsh Education. So a very promising headline. And this was all based on the concept of compassionate leadership. And compassionate leadership is something that's been used in the health service in order to support leaders and the leadership process in the health service to be more compassionate, to be more empathetic, to understand what it is that people are going through and address that. So there were three, this particular paper, um, gathered information about what's going on for leaders in in Wales and there were three sources of information there was a, a well-being survey that was shared by the NAEL there were focus groups with head teachers and then there was also a questionnaire with for head teachers who've recently left the profession because they felt that that was a really good source yeah. of information and my next bullet point just says bear with us <laughs> bear with us because this is this this particular paper seemed to kind of characterize a lot of how research is being used for policy in yeah. Wales at the moment. And I want to quote here um, a couple of things that, that were in the um, executive summary that outline what this paper was about. And I'm quoting, identifies the resources they need to help manage, uh, help balance the huge demands head teachers face. So the, the, the paper was absolutely yeah. focused on identifying how they could balance demands and resources, yeah. how they could make sure that the demands didn't overwhelm the resources and there were enough resources there in terms of time and um, training and resources and what have you to help with it. But it also said, using insights and research and theory and conversations with head teachers, the paper has identified the difficulties that uh, head teachers face, including overwhelming work demands, ex excessive scrutiny of um, outcomes, sclerotic bureaucracy, competing agendas of multiple overseers, high levels of emotional demands, and resource shortages. 
So that that little quote there is bookended by the two things that are kind of the big, big, big issues is that this overwhelming work demands and resource shortages with everything else in between. Yes. Um, and, And a final quote, the report also therefore makes clear what the solutions are. Hurrah. So, yeah, this this paper in the executive summary, and this was actually in forward as well. We'll put the link in the show notes. We will. But this report quite clearly states that it's going to make clear what the solutions are to head teacher wellbeing. Okay, fantastic. Great. Read on. Um, It does. But it does say later on in the paper, which I think is interesting, you know, it's it's how a paper is introduced and what is actually in the paper later on in the paper it says the recommendations will need to take into account what is already being used and then measured for impact so it doesn't seem to have taken into account what already is in place is it no no so it's kind of like that's the kind of get out clause for saying look we may be suggesting stuff that's already out there so just bear that in mind okay so we had going to my next Got oh, you're so organised. 14 pieces of paper to look at yeah, today. You're very organised. So, about this. <laughs> Not about everything. Okay, so we've got the... What was really interesting in this paper was that the uh, Dr Ali James had organised the paper and organised the, the, the responses that she got from head teachers into four key themes. Can I ask, do you remember how big the sample was of the survey? I don't no. offhand. We'll I think it was. I think see. it was quite small. Yeah. I it's think it was 106 something yeah, like that. It's not a lot, is it? No, it's no. not. But you know, it's about yeah. it's about ten percent. So it's yeah. within because this paper was peer reviewed. So it's although it's a small study, I think it was within mm. just within the range. Within yeah. the range, but also the fact that there were it was coming from three sources yeah. as well. Okay. So, but the, there were four themes of um, head teacher and it was specifically focusing on head teacher well-being um there was a like the focus of the um demands so there was things to do with performance which included the impact of overwhelming workload perception of excessive scrutiny on outcomes sense of purpose diminished by bureaucracy then there was organizational so that included the desire for culture shift, head teachers having many masters, feeling that learning and development was stifled, the lack of awareness of role of head teachers. Mm-hmm. Then there was psychological, that the senior leaders were seen as the figurehead and the emotional load of that. Yeah. You know, it's a very lonely job. It is very, very lonely. lonely job. And there's enormous pressure on that job, not just within the school, but, you know, outside, well, it's parents, from, press. It's from below, above, yeah, um, just around, at, you know, the news yeah. recently about... Um, yeah, the, the racist attacks. Okay. And then there was social um, theme. So this is the unrealistic expectations of society, limited resources, and embracing opportunity and celebrating good practice. Now, what the paper had done was they had taken each of these four themes, they looked at the threads within each of these themes, and then they'd addressed solutions against each of these threads. Mm-hmm. But what they seem to be doing was they seem to be saying, right, here's a theme, here's an issue. Let's look at the research for this specific issue. Where else is this particular issue being uh, addressed Mm -hmm. and how was it addressed? Right, now here's a solution. 
But each time it's very they granular, went, isn't it? this is it. Mm. Each time they went through that process, they went theme, issue, research, solution. It was all being done in isolation. Mm. So it, each of those themes was being addressed, which is why when you look at the solutions that they were suggesting for each of these, you can see why they got what they got. So what I did was I went back and I said, right, well, rather than looking at it under these four themes, because it was very difficult to make sense of what was going on. It was, you know, it was very difficult to kind of pull through and go, yeah, but what are they actually suggesting is going to happen? What's that going to look like? What I did was I went through and I, I put them under four practical headlines, new support, new resources, new communication or ways of organizing things and new responsibilities. So let's look at what new support they suggested should be available to head teachers in order to deal with head teachers' well-being. Should we just go through a few of those? We could. Well, I think the first one is it is an interesting one as well because it's specialist consultancy for SLT to support that team cohesion. Um, and you've also got the development and pre-crisis conflict management. Okay. That's a mouthful. I mean, we have experienced, I'm trying to make sense, we have experienced going into schools where the senior leadership team obviously aren't all on the same page or there's there's issues in the senior leadership yeah. team or, but it's quite few and far between, yeah. isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, and, you know, that's, that it's a very difficult position, but that, that feels very, very specific, doesn't it? Yeah. Very specific. Okay. But there was also this, and I think this, this does make a difference, this triad, and they're using the term supervision sessions for head teachers to share ideas and process difficult issues. That's always helpful, isn't it? And I know we talked about, well, we talked about supervision in our, when we had a discussion in our podcast that's coming out next, next week. week, and that's not really quite what the word supervision no supervision is a, a term it's that's a used in psychology it's, it's, it's used in counseling it's, yeah. it's when you go to a counselor and you talk about your problems with the counselor the counselor themselves then go to what's called yeah. supervision and they talk through so, yeah what's happened in their counseling so it's it, it's it's all the it's as though um, education is borrowing terminology from the health sector but not using it in quite the same way and you know, triads, they've been used for professional development for many, many years. But it's always, I, mean, I remember being part of a triad and it was always an additional expectation, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, these all seem to be in addition to what yeah. teachers are doing. In, okay. In so active and accessible CPD programs which meet people's need for safety. So making sure that the CPD that is out there is active and accessible. accessible and that it keeps yeah. people safe whilst they're doing it. Yes, yeah. very important, yeah. absolutely. Uh, they also mentioned the Head Teachers Mentorship and Coaching Programme, and I know there's lots going on yeah. around that at the moment. So again, yeah. this is one of the things that's not recognising what is actually in place. Yeah. yeah, so being able to talk about what you're going through and getting a, an opportunity to talk to peers or to talk to experts about what that looks like in solving that, obviously, all those things are really, really useful. The, this next one, compassionate leaders training program to include skills training on having difficult conversations with staff, supporting techniques for leaders to show compassion to their staff. So head teachers to, to be provided with 
training on how to be a compassionate well, leader it's a little bit i i would find that a little bit insulting myself well, also it's, bit... it's it's kind of like isn't that saying to the head teachers oh you're not feeling great yeah. oh well you need to be better for your for staff, staff yeah but it's you need a bit more compassion well how about the compassionate leaders for the people who lead yeah. head teachers Okay, there's also dedicated and protected time to regularly work on issues related to well-being. Can I just say, if that time <laughs> is dedicated and protected and you can't use it for other stuff, is that mandating well-being? Yeah, it is. So if I've got a, a, a phone PPA call... I need PPA for head teachers, yeah. isn't it, on well-being? So if I've got a phone call, I need to make a, about a safeguarding issue for a pupil to um you know to their parents or whatever it happens to be no 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 no. i have to it's dedicated and protected therefore i have to go and do my well-being instead but it's it just seems i i don't know it, it just seems but, doesn't not but also is practical. that issues related to well-being for your staff or is it your own well-being i think it was yeah i think it was actually head teacher's well-being yeah. is it's saying well okay so monday monday two o'clock for an hour you have to well, do what, something on your well-being well, what do you drop <laughs> to prioritize exactly that. <laughs> to get that done exactly that exactly yeah. that okay and the last thing that that was um identified <laughs> and i did i scoured this page to pull out these these solutions psychological therapy for those at crisis point what can you say about that well, it should be a right. It should yeah. be a right, not something that's being offered as a solution now. But yeah, if you're at crisis point, through, absolutely, you should have psychological therapy. But, but is that get, really going yeah, to? But it shouldn't get to crisis point. In the first no, place, no, yeah. it shouldn't. Okay. So, a lot of these things in terms of support um, will require additional time to do them. Yeah. Well, they all do, don't they? Yeah. Actually, yeah, you're right. Looking at them, yeah, they all do. Okay, so new resources. Okay, there was this, uh, use the responsibility and accountability matrix within SLT to ensure effective distribution of tasks and demands. Now, I, I looked it up, the responsibility and accountability matrix, basically it's a list of questions to say, you know, do you need to do this? Or is it more appropriate for someone else to do this? You know, who has responsibility for this? It's kind of a checklist. And, you know, it is obviously a useful tool, but you'd have to, you'd probably have to have training on how to use it. You'd probably have to recognize, you know, you'd have to know it was being used effectively before using it. And it does feel a little bit kind of, okay, this whole thing feels a little bit, well, look, head teachers, you're, you're taking on too much and it's your fault that you're taking on too much. So we're going to give you a tool and you're going to need to use this tool to highlight to you that you need to delegate more. And it, it feels a little bit like the onus is being placed on the head teacher to be better at yeah. their job. So their well-being will be better. The head teacher is going to be more proactive. That's what's implying. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You're just not working in the right way. And that's why your health well-being is, is suffering. It's not system. Okay. Not to be at all cynical. Okay. No. So the next new resource was good practice case studies shared online. Well, we, we do have lots of different pra good practice case studies for lots of different things shared online. Yeah, I and just... it begs the question, how useful I, I just I feel like as well, you know, if I've got a problem in my school... And I feel like I'm going under and I feel like I'm really struggling. 
and surely I would have already looked online to or I would be talking to a friend or I would be I mean okay there are some people who probably would keep it inside who might not naturally do those Mm. things but it does feel a little bit like um you know oh you you think you're thinking of leading uh, leaving becoming a head teacher don't please don't please read these case studies first (laughs) anyway health and well-being support to be provided through and i think it was through collaborative um working with um businesses i quite like this one (laughs) yes okay so things like um, to be provided uh, for head teachers, things like workshops, uh, meditation sessions, yoga or fitness sessions, psychoeducation groups, psychological consultation as a protective resource. I just yeah. remind me, I thought head teachers were adults that they could book their own yoga sessions. Yeah, yeah. I can see more clamoring for this one. Oh, you know. Okay, it just it just begs the question. I know that the, the, the researcher behind this paper, uh, Dr. Ali James, is a clinical consultant mm. psychologist, but how much experience or how much emphasis is being placed on this, this person's understanding mm. of the situation and understanding of you know, how desperate it is uh, for some head mm. teachers and so on. But these aren't addressing the root cause no. of what of what why we're in the situation as it is isn't it no and i think i mean we could go through let, let's just finish off all of them let's just list them all so that you you know what's in this paper so you don't actually have to go and wade through it all yourself the new communication or organization of thing ensure messaging around tasks that her teachers need to carry out outlines the underlying purpose and vision of the demand to avoid misunderstanding i i really really dislike this one but I also think with with everything, I think, and we've talked about this in the past, there is sometimes over communication. There is too much communication yeah. going on. We're just going to put another layer. Yeah. Let's make sure that we put our shit filter back on. And yeah. Let's just make sure. Do that they need what, to know this? Yeah, what we need to know. Yeah. Let's just make sure the essentials. Yes. Without all the other gump that goes around. It. Yes. Like when they put the COVID operational guidelines yeah. out, just say, tell us what's changed. Yeah not replace it and then guess which bits in a a slightly different place yeah so you know ensure messaging to avoid misunderstanding yeah well why are they misunderstanding let's you know let's pull people out of the bottom of the river let's go back up to the top of the river see why they're falling in why is the misunderstanding happening is it possibly because they're overworked and they haven't got time to read things properly possibly i don't know so make sure the expectations and task responsibility on head teachers and the middle tier are clearly defined Coordinate and streamline middle tier demands so that there is a shared purpose and vision. Makes sense. Absolutely. Make sure that everything is um, complementing each other. But I know that um, we've had this particular thing said to us before is that, well, um, responding to the demands of um, the the impact of COVID-19 and curriculum reform, they're one and the same thing. We know they're not. They're not. You know, they may need to be dovetailed but they are not the same thing and it's not you can coordinate you can streamline it will make a difference and obviously lots of small changes lead up to one big change but there's just this feeling of the onus being on the head teacher that that 
a lot of these solutions require additional resources and time and um, expertise and just mm. the things, more things for head teachers mm. to do. But, but also this, we've had this conversation about, you know, data or things that have to be done for the middle tier. Yeah. And what impact, what difference is that making to the school? Yeah. Is that improving standards? Yeah. Is it improving what's going on in the school? Maybe, maybe not. And it's having that conversation about, well, knowing why the middle tier might want some of that information or why they want that particular. Yeah. And surely aspect. that's for the middle tier to, to say, say, is what we're doing helping or hindering schools? Yeah. Yeah. If it's hindering schools, yeah. if they're doing something that is not making a direct impact on the learning that's in right. the classroom, should we actually be doing it? And finally, there, the developing a definition of well-being to use as a measure of impact of interventions via an annual staff survey. So, yes, of course, that's, that's very sensible that, you know, having some kind of measurement of is this is this working? But let's not do the staff survey on the very last day of the school year. No, and everyone's really tired. No, let's not. OK, so the final new set of new stuff was these new responsibilities and the fact that they are suggesting in teacher well-being where they, the first thing they talk about is an overwhelming workload demand. They're actually suggesting some new responsibilities. I think that's, that's quite interesting. So head teachers should participate in middle tier strategy development. Well, we know that takes place in certain middle tiers. Yes, certain aspects. Certain middle tier, middle tier already have an yeah. advisory board. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming the other yeah. ones but do it as would, well. That kind of thing would require additional time. It is additional time meetings yeah okay uh the triad supervision session for head teachers to share ideas and process difficult issues we've mentioned before it's new support but it's also new a new responsibility as is the mentoring and coaching program as is the training program um and the dedicated and protected time to regularly work on issues so yeah there's a, an awful lot and i think it's really interesting that Using insights and research is important to create policy, but that research needs to work. That research needs to take in the, needs to ask the right question. So rather, I, I feel that this research has said, how could compassionate leadership support her teachers? What the forward was suggesting was that this research was going to address the issue of whether um, there were solutions that were available for to improve the well-being of head teachers, and they seem to be two slightly different questions. But if we're in a situation where Welsh government are saying we've got a problem, we've got a issue with head teacher well-being, so let's commission some research through one of our publicly funded bodies in order to address this and this this research has said we will identify solutions for this problem and then it comes up with more workload for head teachers and that becomes policy and that becomes policy we're in trouble yeah we're really in trouble <sighs> the you know this themed approach it, it's not that the research itself wasn't good. The research itself mm. was good. Mm. It was peer reviewed. It was structured. It was, you know, well referenced. It was just, it was just the wrong research. 
I think well, I think the next stage to this though is is I keep going back to our podcast that we've come coming up mm. next week. Uh, and we're talking to Dr. Haley Lewis. Yes. And I think that's a really interesting point to take this on one step further. Yeah. Because we're looking at all of this coming out here is the onus is on the head teacher. Yeah. But I think our conversation where this is going next week shines a light really on possible ways forward. Yeah. So it's not just focused on head teachers. It's about. Yeah the whole systematic change well this is it you can't you can't turn around to somebody who's currently going through a a, you know a a state of anxiety and depression let's say and just say well look um you you've just got to we'll put you on a course and you just do the course do a bit of yoga on on a friday afternoon it's got to be in a support and you've got to understand that there are things Mm. that 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 person needs to stop doing Mm. as well as things that they need to actually do do. and I think that's the key is thinking about these are not people who are are looking at things in the wrong way all the time that there are people who are struggling with the demands of the system and not having enough resources Mm. to address those well that's quite the interesting part of this as well isn't it it's about all identifying new things and additional things for head teachers and SLT to be doing but where is there about which are the bits that you need to stop? Yes. Doing? Well, and it, it, we go back to, you know, the reflection on teaching and learning. I mean, Dylan William quite clearly states that it's school improvement is about stopping doing good things so that you can do, do even better, better things. things. Yeah. And that is missing. Yeah. It? So we're in a situation and we, we fully recognize that there is no easy solution to this, mm. that this is a really difficult situation where we've got a significant um, challenge for her teachers but we've already been through a life-changing challenge so we need to recognize that human capacity has a limit mm. and that if we are just trying to add to that capacity with more and more things people will break mm. you know people have broken people have left mm. and recognizing that those who have left have left for a reason and that is overwhelming workload demands yes. I mean, I'd long gone of the days where, you know, particularly in secondary, where you had non-contact time, mm. that you could spend that non-contact time in the staff room. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I can remember when I started no, teaching. Man- that was, no, mandated well-being time, sorry. Yeah. But but that's that's the situation that it was mm. when you had a non-contact. It was seen as a free. Yes. Not a, a, you, you don't, don't get see, a cup of coffee, you'd have a really good But chat that's the difference someone. now, isn't it? They're not called freeze anymore, no. they're called non-contacts. Yeah. Which has got a completely different yeah. feel to it. And I think that's the well-being yeah. side of it that you know well it feels like everything's becoming very, very rigid, very yeah. centralized, very structured. And it's saying, you know, if you're gonna have don't get um, me started on a Friday lunchtime down the pub. Oh well, yes. Well, that you know, I, that was that, an essential go. part of my there working we week. But is, if we're going to start having this dedicated and protected time to regularly work on issues related to well-being, yeah. you know, if my issue relating to well-being is I just need to have a chat with my mate yeah. over a coffee yeah. and a cake, is yeah. that going to be deemed as okay? And then you're sorted. Yeah, yeah, well. Okay, so, I mean, the bottom line here is, is, is our government using research papers as a potential mm-hmm. shortcut to, to um, getting things done? And, you know, are all these policies that are coming out, tick, tick that one off. Are, are getting things, yeah. yeah, rather than um, creating policy that actually has results. Yeah. 
let's look at it. Let's think about what can be dropped yeah. and let's think about what can be done better. So there you have it. The culture hasn't really changed a great deal in the last eight months. Teachers are still being expected to solve their own well-being crisis. And how much longer will children be taught in an environment where the people that are in charge of that environment are, you know, frankly, at a desperate point? Yeah. So we're sorry that we've had to draw attention again to something that feels negative, but we we are not sorry that this has to be brought to um, to attention um, of those who can actually do yeah. something about it. You know, there are always ways to find money there that, you know, there are ways they found money for lockdown. So I think that there are plenty of things that happen within the educational sphere. You know, things like um, well, research I, inquiry. Well, and I all think of those things are just being stretched and not prioritised. There's yes. lots of pockets of money out. I mean, there was lots of money put out again this week or last week mm. for Welsh language. Yeah. And, and it, you know, yes, it is important, but. Yeah. When we're at this crisis point, and we are at a crisis point, yeah, I think we need to prioritise. Yeah, and you know, whilst the fact that we, we're not politicians, we don't know where the money comes from, but this is what we pay our politicians to do, is that we elect them in, in order to make the best choices for the people of this country and for the children of Wales. Yeah, I don't think the best choices have been made, um, yeah. making them uh, learn in an environment where the staff yeah. are not being supported effectively. So... What's coming up for us in the next week? We're back out on the roads again, Finn. We're back down in Cardiff at Peter Lee. Where we're taking the science of learning yeah. through to assessment. Yeah, but we're also just with Lee, we're also working with Fairwater. Fairwater as well at the same time, which is which is really nice. That's right. And we're back yeah. in Swansea with St David's, a Roman Catholic primary cluster. Um, we'll also be writing our presentation for Research Ed Cymru, which is coming up soon. Yeah, but we made a little bit of a faux pas because the launch party for the book is the night before Research Ed. I'm not sure if that was a really sensible <laughs> I can, idea. I can but, present you know, we've got Bruce in, in Cardiff for two nights, so we might as well make the most of it. Absolutely, I can present with um, a hangover. That's not a problem. OK, so um, next week is the last podcast for our half term. So we've only got mm -hmm. one more for this half term. And I'm going to Belfast. You are going to Belfast. Leave me holding the fort yet again. Yeah. Should I say? No, I'm going to have a, a quiet couple of days without it's, me. It's that without time. me bothering it's you. Doing, doing my financial VAT returns and things I love spreadsheets. So there you are. So we will speak to you soon. Take care. Bye now. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media, on Twitter, we're at Impact Wales, on Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales, and on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.